Today's episode of America's Hometown Horror is brought to you by Shine Through Window Cleaning. That's right, Shine Through Window Cleaning is back for a second episode in a row to sponsor us. Thank you, Shine Through. Shine Through is a family-owned and operated company proudly serving Plymouth and the surrounding area. We treat your home or business like we would treat our own and believe in building our reputation on every job we do. Get in touch with us today to discuss your window cleaning, gutter cleaning, and power washing needs at 781-812-9189 at 781-812-9189 or at shinethroughinc.net. That's shine, T-H-R-U, window cleaning. Shine through window cleaning. What's up, everybody? My name is Mike, and welcome to another episode of America's Hometown Horror. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it if you checked out our first episode on Krampus. Uh, we are back for another week. Thanks again for listening. And I am joined by my co-hosts, as always, Andrew. What's up, you knobs? And Kat. Hey! We are here tonight, you guys, to talk about uh, one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And I think when we were... Uh, sitting down talking about creating this podcast at a local uh, Chinese food establishment uh, over by the Plymouth Airport, uh, over Mai Tais and Scorpion Red Bowls. Tea uh, Red Tea Garden. Red Tea Garden. I suppose there's no, na- no need to not drop the name. Awesome establishment. Check it out if you're local. When we were talking about doing this podcast, this was one of the movies that I was the most excited to talk about, just because there's so much to get into uh, we, we couldn't even cover the, all of it if we did a four-hour podcast, and I'm just excited to talk about it for a little while today, and that, of course, is The Shining. Uh, the Shining is an all-time classic, considered to be one of the greatest horror films ever made, and we're going to break all that down for you. Talk about a bunch of random things uh, in the movie, Easter eggs, scenes, uh, casting what-ifs, all of that stuff. But before we get into that, we're going to uh, quick hit a few different horror items uh, that we've either been watching uh, since the last episode dropped, trailers that have come out, uh, and a couple other things before we jump into The Shining. And the first thing that I want to talk about is the second season of Castle Rock on Hulu. can't remember. Yeah, so if you're not familiar with Castle Rock, Castle Rock is a show that takes place in the Stephen King uh, universe, if you will, uh, but it doesn't necessarily adapt a straight Keevan Sting. Keevan Sting. Keevan Sting. That's a better name, actually. I think I like that better. It adapts. Uh, it doesn't adapt to particular Keevan Sting story. It uh, takes all the characters from Stephen King's books and uh, you know puts them <laughs> puts them into uh, the the town of Castle Rock, which is a uh, you know essentially hell. Yes, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, absolutely. So the first season was about uh, it, it had Shawshank uh, State Prison in there it had a bunch of different random characters from some some Stephen King novels I almost keep saying Keevan Sting well, could you every keep saying it so now time. you're just going to want to keep going Keevan Sting <laughs> nice oh, yeah we, we don't mind speech impediments and stuff. yeah that's okay that's okay hey judgment free zone but uh, so the first season was okay wasn't great what did you think of the first season I was going to say, the first season, um, I thought was, it was interesting enough. It was based on Pet Cemetery, correct? Uh, no. So it wasn't. What was it? 
So it had characters from uh, had characters from it had uh, needful Easter things. It, it was it had Shawshank Prison in there, which is from the Shawshank Redemption, which is one of one of his short stories. But it didn't it didn't adapt a straight Stephen King story. It it, 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 was, it took elements from several, right? But it didn't exactly. adapt like one particular story. But the um the one thing that you know stands out is that actor who was the Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Scar Scarsgard. So that's one of the things that they kind of drop in there as, as an Easter egg. Uh, so J.J. Abrams makes that show, and he loves Easter eggs and callbacks. But, you know, there's uh, uh, Bill Skarsgård from It. From he It. Plays yeah, Pennywise. He plays Pennywise he's in the second one. one of the main characters. And For he's... sure the warden has been in a bunch of Stephen King things. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of characters that are in there. And th- this that, that theme actually continues through uh, season two. But um, he's such an like a visual actor that you look at him and like even with no makeup on as Pennywise, he's terrifying in a weird way. Like he just has this little aura about him. <laughs> what? You what? You wouldn't kiss him all his eyes. No, I, no, I wouldn't kiss I him at would. all. He's a weirdo. Oh my god, did you see him? Mm. Have you seen him as? I've no, well you didn't. What, what you should, no, what you should you... look up. Go ahead. Sorry. I was like, you saw Castle Rock when he was in there with the hooded thing. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. He's I, just like a, he's a weird looking dude. He's a dude. creepy looking guy. Yeah, I agree. I was joking. Uh, have either of you guys seen the test footage that he did when he uh, when he was trying out for Pennywise where he's doing the Pennywise voice with no makeup on and he's oh, making just no. the facial expressions? Is this the Bill Hader story? Uh, no, I don't think no. so. I, I actually, there's actually the audition tape like on oh, YouTube. If you okay. look it up, it's him doing the Pennywise voice, and it's it's the weirdest thing to see him doing with no makeup on. It's fucking nuts. So, so he yeah, he actually makes those eyes too. Like he does. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, he, he, like, he, that's the yeah. Bill Hader. Yeah. Bill Hader yeah. is like, how do how do they? What kind of CGI so do they I, use? I feel like that? his face is almost as expressive as Jack Nicholson's, which uh, you know is relevant to today. I feel like we'll talk about that uh, quite a bit as yeah, we keep going. That's a lot. But, uh, so yeah, he's in season one of Castle Rock and season two casts a couple of, uh, a couple of actors that have been in Stephen King things before. So Tim Robbins in it, obviously he was in the Shawshank Redemption, uh, and then fuck who the hell else in it. I'm drawing a blank right now, but there's, there's a few different people. Uh, so this one takes, uh, inspiration from a couple of different stories. So Salem's Lot, uh, which is one of my favorite King books, uh, right there behind The Shining and It. Uh, actually, I think I, think I, I think I actually I think, like it more than It. I'll take your word for it. Salem's Lot's it's like a, it's like a modern retelling of of the Dracula story. Mm. Stephen King has said before, like literally, uh, he was sitting there one day, like having breakfast and talking to his wife, and said, "What do you think would happen if Dracula was dropped into the middle of uh, modern day New York City?" And his wife said that he would probably get hit by a car walking, you know, trying to cross the street or something like that. So that's where I got the inspiration to write Salem's Lot. So that book's awesome. Uh, the original series, the Toby Hooper series with the uh, Nosferatu-looking yep. vampires, awesome too. Um, so uh, Castle Rock in the Stephen King universe takes place uh, near Salem's Lot. So that's obviously in this season. And then the big, the big connection to the King universe is Annie Wilkes from Misery. Uh, who's played by Lizzie Kaplan. And, I mean, she has just done a phenomenal job this season of, I don't want to say emulating Kathy Bates from the movie, but she does a damn good impression and a damn good, uh, uh, you know, portrayal of that character, I think. What about you? So, I haven't actually seen Misery, and uh, Mike was explaining it to me Ooh, as we <laughs> as we went on watching it. So, I found out, about the background and misery and everything 
pretty recently after I finished watching Castle Rock. So it was kind of interesting Have to you see. Have watched Misery yet? No, I still haven't watched it. <laughs> but I will at some point. You're busy enough. It is, it's a great I'm movie. Not busy. It contains one of the all-time disgusting movie scenes. Yeah, we'll get into it. I don't want to No, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, that like when you see it, you'll. I, it's just painful. It I'll hurts you to your bones. Within the next week so that you guys don't have to censor it from me anymore. Yeah, yeah, Kathy Bates, James Caan, <laughs> it's, it's fucking but awesome. I love Kathy. Rob Reiner I mean, directed it. Yeah, I uh, need Really, to really good. It. Excellent movie. Yeah. I like Kathy Bates' portrayal better. So obviously, Andrew, I know you haven't finished this yet. Uh, I will keep it spoiler free for those of you that haven't either, but all the episodes are out now. This season is better than season one, but I would still say good, not great. It's... I thought at the beginning it was great, and then it kind of lost steam uh, over the last few so episodes. you didn't think season one was great? Well, season one was good. I just feel like it was really convoluted, and I, like the the, mul- the whole multiverse aspect of it I thought was interesting, but I didn't really feel like it landed. Um, so if you're listening That to very yourself. last scene where he just like turns into like a, a fucking demon, or whatever he turns into for like a split second, and then they don't talk about it because in the last couple minutes of the episode I thought that was interesting but okay what the fuck does it mean and they, I guess they kind of explain it a little bit in season 2 based on some of the information you find out towards the end of the season I thought that kind of saved the whole thing mm-hmm. like that connection between the two I thought that was cool but since you haven't seen it I don't want to talk about it too much more because yeah, I don't want to spoil it for you but the last scene of the last episode is a great little ending and uh, foreshadowing for events to come for yeah, Andy Wilkes. Definitely. So, it's cool. It's cool. So definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen Castle Rock. It's on Hulu. All the episodes are streaming right now. Well, and I don't feel like I've missed much by watching that because I haven't seen Misery, but like from what you've told me, it's almost like a prequel to it. That it's like yes. I didn't really miss much by yeah, not this, seeing this it. Yeah, this definitely it takes place before the movie. Right. And, and, you know, obviously, I don't know if they exist in the same universe as the movie, but it definitely is supposed to be a younger Annie Wilkes oh, yeah. before all the events of the uh, you know, the, the main movie. Looks exactly. like Kathy Bates. Yep. So, uh, next thing I wanted to hit on real quick, real, really, really quick, because this movie's a little bit older, but uh, I just watched it recently, uh, you know, and this is this is called The Perfection. It's on Netflix. Andrew, you've seen this. Kat, I know you haven't, but you watched the trailer. Uh, I thought this movie was fucking bananas. Yeah, it was pretty fucked up. Very disturbing. Uh, yeah. Great ending. Kind of a good, uh, it's just, good acting throughout it, so that was nice. Do you uh, feel like it, it was... was a, it was a good Netflix movie. I mean, it's a Netflix movie, but it was it was good. Some me. people were calling this the best horror movie of the year when it came out, when it dropped on Netflix back really? in like the spring. Yeah. Do well, you feel like the trailer? Else do you feel like the trailer ruined it? Because I feel like when I I didn't watch the movie, but I watched the trailer, and the I trailer feel like doesn't give anything away. It doesn't give anything away. I, but so, I feel like there was so of. much in the trailer. So it, it gave it gave some little tiny things away, but I feel like you still like having How just watched you get it recently. To those scenes doesn't. Yeah, you never would you, you, you wouldn't trailer. have you wouldn't have been able to figure out the movie based on the trailer, but. No. Uh, bloody disgusting when this movie this movie like was launched at like one of those fucking festivals or some somewhere fancy Cans, or something like that. Con, yeah, before Con, Con or, before it dropped on Netflix. <laughs> so uh, you know, all the reviews came out and it was supposed to be awesome. And then I remember Bloody Disgusting wrote an article saying, you know, hey, if you can avoid the trailers and go into this movie blind, 
because it's so much better if you do. Well, I feel like but even still, like, I know... I like to be said for every movie. Yeah, so, like, Trailers I know a lot, usually. where it ends up, like, you wouldn't be able to tell, and you should watch it, but having no... Knowing yeah. what happens and watching that, like, after the fact, I'm still kind of, like, I'm not... But I... It, it doesn't... I don't think it gives that much away. Yeah, yeah. Because that movie, honestly, it's so fucking fucked up. It's so nuts. I... I, I where, it's you, like think, you think one thing is going to happen, and then all of a sudden, it's just a hard right turn. Like if you've ever seen Old Boy, it's it's not like yeah, it's but it's just like mind fuck basically. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's very uh, very disturbing. Yeah, there's a lot of weird imagery, a lot of really yeah. It's shouldn't, just, let, shouldn't let children watch that. He, oh, oh God, no! Oh God, no! Um, actually, you know what? You know what's funny? Uh, so when you scroll to it on Netflix. The logo for it when you like click on it before you like hit like play, that's kind of like a spoiler, which is a little bit weird because it has a hand on there, which you uh, know what that means. So I was kind of like, I was like, I, I kind of, I had some little idea, but I was just like, okay, that's kind of weird. Oh, uh, let's just continue. All right, next I item. Know what couple of movies that are coming out very soon that we'll be covering on this podcast. Uh, so as of recording, next week we are getting the Grudge remake, which is produced by Sam Raimi. Uh, has a bunch of cool actors in it, and we just watched the Red Band trailer for this as a refresher. And Holy shit. I, I think this movie just looks so much more awesome than I even thought it would be. Yeah. I, li- I, I like the original. I don't love it personally. I know you do. I do. Yeah. Uh, But I just think this looks so awesome. But when you were talking about the grudge earlier, I was disinterested because like, all right, it was was a movie. No. It wasn't bad, but watching the trailer, and I didn't know that Sam Raimi was doing it, so that makes it even already up ten levels from the other one. And just the trailer alone, that movie looks fucked. I mean... (laughs) the, uh, The kid from the attic that lives in... You know, our, our, he he lives there. Yeah. Yeah. He lives in our house. Like I still have nightmares. (laughs) don't even have an attic. Oh no, we have a little crawl space. So there's like a little square thing that you move over and Mm -hmm. that's exactly in the grudge where this boy stood and screamed. Oh oh my God. It was terrifying. Everyone has a cat. It's like, you don't have a fucking well, it's not like a, we don't put anything up there, but it's there. And in our, in our guest room, you can. Move it over. And I don't think people. Any, there's no need for attics. Every horror movie that involves it's always in an attic. Has anything good ever happened in an attic? Ever happened in an attic except for um, I don't know finding <laughs> clips to some fucked up you know, snuff films or no. But even in Krampus, in Krampus, the kid got eaten in the yeah. attic. Kid like, gets I eaten mean, in the attic in nothing, Krampus. Nothing. Nothing you good happened in the attic. You Shout out basement. episode one. Listen, <laughs> subscribe, rate, and review. Whoop. Nice. I'm gonna start a model of homes that don't have attics. So, but they already have them. in the in the original garage. So the house, the, all the rooms would just go right up to the roof. What what? You mean? No, no, no. You just don't. There's a lot of houses where you don't have access to the top portion of the house. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now, I, you do need let's, ventilation. Let's, sorry. let's not get into these. Yeah, that's okay. You were saying we don't have a architect on hand, so. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I really like the garage. I know that I. Don't get to participate much, but here I am. Yeah, participating in conversation. Shocking, actually, if you listen to season one, episode one, not season one. Season one. Well, we're still on season one. Season because it took forever to do. This one's taking forever to do. 
Well, hey, it's We're okay. Only, I mean, I'm, we're not very far in. I'm having a good so, time. Uh, I'm having a good time. Terrified. Hopefully, anyone that's uh, <laughs> made it to this point listening is having a good time too. But, right. Uh, so can, can yeah. you get back to me go, here? Go ahead. Let's go right. back to you. Yes. So me, I, I love one of the. I mean, The Grudge is one of my favorite horror movies because it scares the shit out of me still. And I still picture that kid in the attic in the crawl space that's leaning down from the attic and just going, like, and looking at you, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this kid, is gonna, he's going to be forever in my home. I mean, we lived in my, <laughs> we lived yeah. across the street not too long ago, and um, it was in a condo complex, and in our guest room, we had the same crawl space with the little square, and oh, my God. He lived there, too. It's the same whenever you have that little tiny square crawl space thing. He lives there. He's there. This kid from The Grudge. And he's terrifying. He's so scary. Like, I... I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm terrified of him. Certain scary things have an impact on you for the rest of your life. Like, well, you never look, look, at this, look at something the same thing, uh, same way again, excuse me. Because, and it's almost like yeah. I'm not scared of the boy, but I'm scared like of, like, motion. that. I'm scared of that crawl space, like, the, the way that it the looks. The stairs that you pull down? It's not stairs. No, it's literally, like, in your guest it's room closet. It's the shelf closet, you, lift, you lift up. There's oh, a little yeah. square yeah. that's cut out, Those and you push it out, and you don't houses. know what's up there. Yeah. And Those, it's like, terrifying. Secret, secret compartments inside houses when you go in them. Right. Like, weird, where it's just, like, a little fucking yes. child. Was and he there. lives there, yeah. so he I think. <laughs> I think. I, get, I, think <laughs> I didn't know what you were fucking talking about. In the last few years, there's been, like, a couple of people that have stuck their head up there. That's it. And I've only done it, like, a half a second one time but I don't know what the fuck's living up there no I've never looked in our head we should put a camera up there and have Kat have to keep her head up there for as long as possible and see how long she can last that would be a fear factor moment for me for sure I I would probably cry (laughs) I would probably (laughs) cry what if we just put like a box of pizza up there so at least you could be eating no I wouldn't even eat because I'd be so nervous fair enough okay All right. But well, I'm, yeah. I'm very much looking forward to the new Grudge movie because I'm such a huge fan and how scared it made me for the first Grudge movie. Yeah. So this this remake's going to be yeah. pretty bomb. It so looks, enough, uh, the trailer looks awesome. It's enough Grudge talk. Yeah. All last right. one is, uh, last one we're covering, I, I, you know, we, we've seen this a couple times now, is Under Underwater, which is uh, going to be released. Yes. Uh, so the Grudge coming out on January 3rd. I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, Underwater is coming out the next week uh, on the 10th. This movie, I mean, it looks great, but one of my favorite horror movies of all time is Alien, and I feel like this is so clearly, I don't want to say ripping off, but is so clearly inspired by Alien. You get the uh, kind of, you know, grungy-looking underwater vessel with these blue-collar workers that are, you know, being trapped in some bizarre situation miles from civilization being attacked by something that they don't know what it is you have Kristen stewart in there with the short haircut like sigourney weaver and she alien looks like, uh, the girl from orange is a new black which one the uh the girl with like the short idiot. hair like the really short hair and the glasses oh, I, I, I forget I, her I, name i don't watch the show so i don't know but i uh i'm sure there is probably somebody on there like there, this. there is yeah. believe yeah. it or not this, this white straight male doesn't watch orange is the new black oh well, god a lot how of dare do. i do a lot of people do just saying there's a huge fan base out I know, there i know and but I hey you can't you can't watch everything. you can't watch everything i i 
I'm sure it's good. Yeah. I'm sure it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's a lot of white guys. Continue. Just, just keep going. Keep <laughs> but, uh, Move right along. But so, if you haven't seen the trailer for this movie, it, it kind of reminds me, like I said, Alien, a lot of shades of Alien there, and uh, cross between Alien and the, the Descent, which if you haven't seen is, is great. Kind of the, the claustrophobic feeling from that movie combined with some sort of weird monster that they're uh, you know trying to get away from. I think this looks really cool. And it's just awesome to me that there are two pretty cool horror movies being dropped in January, two weeks in a row. It just, you know, it's the best time ever to be a horror fan. I feel like there's always something coming out in the movies, coming out on one of the streaming services, or something being released somewhere where you can get no horror fix 24-7 mode. Yeah, between, you know, all the movies on Netflix and Prime and Hulu and Shudder, which I know that we all have and have used... Shudder. Uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's awesome. You know what makes me shudder? Yeah. The thought of sitting in a movie theater for two hours looking at Kristen Stewart with her fucking mouth wide open the entire time. <laughs> so I have no interest in seeing that movie. It's probably going to be awesome, but that just, to me, I, I'd rather stab my eyes out. Oh, so you don't, want, you don't want to go see Underwater with me, man? You don't want to go I'll see it? I'll go see it, but... Um, would, it, would it be worth it if there was some kick-ass creature effects no, they have and some awesome glasses. monsters? It'd yeah. be great if they had glasses that you could put on. And, and just cuts and out, it Kristen, cuts out Stewart. Kristen Stewart and somebody else. <laughs> wow. Because wow. why anybody would cast her why? in a movie? She's so, the fucking I worst. Like her. All right, I so like her. so if you could replace any actor actress to uh, uh, play Kristen Stewart's part in that movie, who would it be? Um I French Stewart. Who would I would rather watch, no matter how annoying she can be? I'd rather see cat in that Friend. movie. <laughs> <laughs> What? I was Me? not expecting you that. You'd be less serious? annoying than Kristen Stewart. Um, I don't know. Wow. Wow. That is wow. a haymaker thrown. Haymaker thrown. I don't think... I'm coming I... out swinging, baby. Wow. He said he hated that girl, and then that you would be less annoying than her in that role. In the so movie. that's a compliment, I... technically. Wow. Yes. Wow. Is it really a co-host compliment? On, co-host on co-host abuse here. Jesus Christ. That's too aggressive. <laughs> Andrew, oh, I think that was really harsh. I'm I don't sorry. know if I deserved that. Well, hey, you know what? It's okay. You deserved it more than you think. We're wow. all just, <laughs> hey, hey, we're wow. just we're, we all love each other here. We're just busting balls, so you know that's okay. I don't have balls. Uh, don't you have mics now? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Right. Wow. That was a good oh. one. That was a good one. I like nice. that. That was a good one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> now Mike's like, okay, now I gotta talk. Well, we were talking about The Shining, so someone may be getting yeah, with an axe yeah. tonight. So, so speaking of balls and, uh, you know, that sort of thing, <laughs> on to The Shining. Guys, The Shining, if you've never heard of it, is a movie directed by Stanley Kubrick based on a novel by Stephen King. I thought we weren't going to go over the either whole... either of those guys before? I thought we weren't going over all this I mean, stuff. <laughs> I wouldn't that's, be surprised if that's, Cass hasn't that's, heard about either of those people. Yeah, I mean, you said, are you, you really going to make that joke right because now? Because you said that, uh, you know, everyone's heard of the Shining, Every, so we're not going to do this little overview. Well, the whole, the whole point, you, the whole point like of what I was saying. I realized halfway through that there's a lot of people like Cat. Wow. So. so you're calling me 
no, stupid. No, no, no. I didn't Excuse say me. anything wow. like that. Wow, you can't do. I told you not to do beer. Well, you're drinking beer. <laughs> yes, I, I am. Oh my I'm... god! Oh, guys, guys, <laughs> listeners, we're drinking beer on this podcast. Uh, we're not, not going uh, to. Oh, cut this out. I, just, I have a sarsaparilla. No, it's just no. nasty. Just cut it out. No, it, and it's... I'm I'm rocking too. Like I haven't farted yet, so that's a plus. Yeah, please don't do that. No, I know, but I haven't. So guys, it's okay. We're drinking beer while recording this podcast about horror movies. I'm sure you're shocked. And from the time that this movie uh, was announced, I mean, Stephen King's novel, The Shining, uh, which I believe came out in 76 or 77, was so popular already. And then whenever, you know, it was announced that Stanley Kubrick was going to be the director of this movie, which, you know, if if you're familiar with anything related to Stanley Kubrick, and, you know, obviously there's a lot out there about him being a genius and, you know, the best film director of his era, uh... And, uh, you know, a director like that doing a horror movie was a big fucking deal. So this was a very heavily anticipated movie that, when it came out, was not received very well. Which was strange to me, considering how it's, you know, considered now. It's like the same thing as Caddyshack. When that movie first came out, people fucking hated that movie. See, that's bullshit. Caddyshack's the best. Fantastic movie. That movie has gained popularity, but... I didn't know that that was the same case with The Shining. I figured that movie was gold from the beginning, because it is. Well, the the novel was so beloved when Stephen King wrote it, and then, you know, this movie came out, and like I said, it was Stanley Kubrick, and... Stephen King wasn't the, very the big happy the big thing the yeah yeah that's the that's the big thing I feel like that really hurt it was that Stephen King was not a fan of this movie pretty much right from the first time he saw it he's been very vocal about that over the years uh, if you ever you know if you Google Stephen King Stanley Kubrick you can read a lot about what their you know their problems with each other were but I think the the big quote that that King has floated out there before is that. Uh, you know, he, he, he essentially thought that uh, Cooper took a lot of the emotional aspects of The Shining out of the story, which was, you know, what he wanted to write about. You know, if you've read The Shining book, which I have because I'm a, a nerd, that, movie, that, that book is about, you know, uh, struggling with being a new dad, uh, alcoholism, isolation, uh, those sorts of themes. And, you know, Jack Torrance is a very relatable main person and king's problem was that you know jack nicholson was not a good fit for that character because you know jack has a crazy looking face and he kind of looks crazy all the time so you kind of see where he's coming from there but i think the famous quote was that king said that kubrick uh made the equivalent with that movie of a, a beautiful car on the outside that has no engine no engine on the inside which i thought was interesting so that's you know kind of his main problem with that, which I, I think really did hurt this movie early on. Uh, I mean, not for nothing, but Stephen King should be thankful that fucking Stanley Kubrick made that movie because he could have had someone make Graveyard Shift or some <laughs> terrible movie like that, which most of his adaptations are... He's batting about 50% because, I mean, and I haven't read the book, so I don't know if which ones are better, the ones that are true to the book or the ones that the directors kind of take some liberties. But I would be interested to see... So, I read The Shining a long time ago when I was uh, in college, and there's a lot more supernatural stuff in the book than there is in the movie. Like, there's some... some... Well, there's always going to be less in the movie. The movie can never... You can't... Yeah. 
do a book of whatever, however big it is. I don't know. I'm assuming it's over 600 pages because it's Stephen King. Uh, <laughs> it's close. It's not like it level crazy no, or the stands. Um, no. And no, I even no. I read the Green Mile surprisingly enough, and that was like good for you. That was like 800. Pages. I actually haven't read that one. It was really good. I read it in high school. Did you? Uh, how did that compare to the movie? Um. I liked the movie better. I think I'm just more of a visual person. I mean, I don't think that the book strayed too far from the movie, mm-hmm. from my opinion. So, like, I... I would always go with the movies better. Well, and I watched the movie... Just because it's a movie and it's yeah. not a fucking book that no one wants to read. Well, here's the thing. with <laughs> with You can be so much more descriptive in books and you're just reading versus... You know, you only have so much time to show people in a movie what they want to see. Right? I mean, so you can't, you, yeah. you can't, you can't, no, you can't adapt a, a fifteen hundred sure page Stephen King novel into a movie. Like that's Unless why nobody is a miniseries. Well, exactly. Well, that's, that's why, why that's TV why nobody shows, has turned the Stand why. into a movie, or nobody oh, has turned the Stand is a movie. Well, it's, it's a miniseries. It. It's a miniseries. Well, miniseries. Yes. Yeah. So it's like okay. sixteen yeah. hours long. That's and I've I've seen it. Yeah, so it's not a movie. It was, when I was a kid, um, four VHSs. I watched all of them. Same with Storm of the Century. It, too. Yes, I have Storm of the Century on DVD. So underrated. Storm of the Century is awesome. Storm of the Century. Yes. And we might talk a little bit more about Storm of the Century. Yeah, let's just, let's keep going. But, yeah, that's the thing. With Stephen King novels, they're so long, it's tough to adapt them into a two and a half hour movie, which is why... It played it smart, and the director of that movie did it in two parts, and didn't announce it was going to be a second part until the end of the first movie in the credits. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, so before we get into The Shining, obviously Shining aside, what is your favorite Stephen King adaptation? TV, Whoa. movie, comic book? That's very difficult. Anything. I know it's tough. What are your thoughts? Mm. Well, gotta love The Dead Zone. Not the show, the movie. With Walken. Walken? Yeah. And Martin Sheen. You know the opposite of Christopher Walken? Yeah. <laughs> I do, but I can't remember it. Christopher Reeves. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Handicap jokes? That's okay. Hey, that's... It's, a, it's a well-known joke. We can, uh, we can I think we've that all heard them before. No, we should... Why would you cut anything out? That's okay. We People won't. can't take a joke. We'll leave it in there. It's okay. Well, we can, we can go in and But So, yeah, up. Dead Zone is up there. Mm. Probably not my number one... I also, it's a terrible movie, nobody likes this movie, but I like it, is The Dark Half, which I thought was really good. With uh, Tim Hutton? Yeah, I mm-hmm. like that movie. Yeah, I don't know good why. Movie. It's, it's like a cheesy, it's like thinner, kind of, like, it's just this over-the-top, like, cheesy fucking movie. Thinner is a dump of a movie, but I actually like that movie, too. Have you ever seen Thinner? No, I haven't, no. no. It's just so, it's cheesy and corny, but that's, it's, it reminds me, that, that's what I picture the 80s being like. Yeah. It's like the creep shows. They're so cheesy, but they're creep so good. I love yeah. creep show so like much. The blob, or the, no, the, the 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 raft. That's the one. The raft. Oh, it's in creep show too. Yeah. That, that's see, there's awesome. another. It's great. The Shining is obviously the best, but you can't say that because we're not allowed to use <laughs> mm-hmm. The Shining. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's the gold standard, and we'll get to that. But, Kat, what about you? Um, or Shawshank. I would yeah. say, um, if you were to do miniseries, The Storm of the Century is by far. <sighs> Story by far, history. by far the best. So um, good. I have it on DVD, actually. <laughs> and I've watched it a billion times. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's awesome. Um, no, I don't think I've watched it since 1990, whenever that fucking thing Oh, no. Was. I think I've the last time I watched it was when then. it aired, but I, rem- I remember no, a lot I about it. No, I have it. I have it on DVD, and it's amazing. And, like, it's just, 
I feel like it's so scary, again, because, like, I am scared of things that are real. And that's, like, a guy that comes into your town, you have no idea who he is. And, yeah. like, if you're in a small town, like, how they were in. It's real. It's it's all, what? The devil. No, I mean, like, a, a, a different person it's coming not, into your town if you live yeah. in a small town, which yeah, we Kuchel don't, real, but, yeah. I mean, like. The fear of the outsider. The fear of the outsider that, like, all of a sudden someone comes in your town, you're like, what's up with them? And that's a very, they end up, that's like, not really killing a... the entire and town. In case of, and uh, in the case of uh, Storm of the Century, it's <clears throat> Calm Fior. But there's not many towns the like actor. that. Well, I've never lived in a town like that. Where you're like, this stranger come rolling in town. No, well, because, I mean... It's Maine, so, yeah. yeah. And it's an yeah. island. And, I mean, and nobody, nobody Which, writes... I thought it was in Virginia. Speaking of islands, um, and neither of you have watched Wasn't it. Roanoke in Virginia? Well, I was going to say, yeah, because it's, it's tied to... Roanoke. Yeah. It's outside of that. No, it's totally tight. I don't remember. I, I forget oh, if it's in Maine or if it's in Virginia. Well, I haven't seen it. No, well, it, takes place, it takes place in Maine because it's like fucking freezing. But it says Croatoan on Croatoan, the... Croatoan. Yeah. It's, it's a reference to a... Um, like a set, a uh, group of a group from of pioneers. Virginia. Yeah, okay, the, the, all right. Yeah. Got, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. it's in reference to that island, right? So it doesn't the, it doesn't mean yeah. that the island is it's off of. So it could it could just mean like the same okay. evil forces that yeah. got rid of that colony. Also, yeah. uh, you know, it's it, that's him. That's him. And yeah, I would. I you read that shit about yeah. that, that Virginia colony with the Croatoan and the I did at Roanoke the time, colony. but that was so long ago because, like, I, like I don't remember. Yeah. Wacky conspiracy theory shit. It's just, it, it's actually very interesting to read about. All right, Steve so... King likes Indians. Yeah, I know. He, oh, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but there's a lot of Indians and Native, Native Americans in his stories. Not, not the red dot Indians. Mm, no, Indians. yep, yep. So yep, for yep, me, yep. for me, uh, Andrew, it's, it's funny that you nailed this earlier. We were talking before the podcast, uh, my favorite personal Stephen King adaptation, and I know it's not the best one, it's not Shawshank, it's not Stand By Me, it's not The Green Mile, uh, The Mist. The Mist is awesome. Because I love Stephen King's stuff when he gets into the cosmic weird horror uh, monster type stuff, and I know he touches that on, on that in some stories, other ones he doesn't, and The Mist is... Uh, you know, it was a short story that he wrote that was in one of his early short story collections. It's a great story. Uh, the ending of the story is very different from the one uh, in the movie. So I haven't read the book. Mm -hmm. And the ending of the movie, it's they go and they blow it up. It's an alien or something, right? So basically, what it is is they uh, there's they're, they're they live on a lake, and on one side of the lake, there's a government uh, facility. They call it the Arrowhead Project, and they're you know experimenting with some interdimensional you know, uh, travel type bullshit and they create like a rift and all these weird like love, Lovecraftian. Yeah, actually. Uh, so they say it's one of the inspirations for stranger things. It was sense. written in like the early eighties. So they're, they, you know, all these weird Lovecraftian style monsters come out and just, they're trapped in a grocery store. And basically there's this mist, you know, you know you've seen the movie. Yeah. yeah, you know. So, uh, but the end of it in the book is it's kind of like a hopeful ending because they're just driving and trying to find where the mist ends. Yeah. So it's kind of hopeful. It's like it's told like uh, same style as like Dracula, like just uh, the guy writing letters. But obviously the movie is much much more fucked up than that. Uh, the guy Thomas Jane kills his entire family, and then he drives to the end of the mist and finds out that it's completely fixable, and uh, he just killed his family for no reason. Better ending. Yeah, better ending. It was more uh, well. Jarring? Stephen King was never known for his endings, was he? 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's been that's been a criticism of him quite a, quite a bit, but uh, it sounds like a good. Ending yeah, I, I I do I do like the ending. No to one the, wants to a hopeful ending. Yeah, I, I murder your whole family. That's way better. That's I, a horror movie. I just think that you know, obviously, <laughs> if, if there's some you know horror, horror stuff out there that has hopeful endings, I, I I like it. But I I prefer something that's a little bit more fucked up and twisted. Yeah. Uh, so it's called you know horror. while while we're talking about King adaptations, obviously you know we didn't include The Shining and in, as this could be our our personal favorite because I th- I think it it's my personal favorite. Uh, of, of of King's uh, adaptations. So I think our reverence for this movie is well on display already. Uh, and Andrew, I know you've said this is one of your all-time favorites. Uh, Kat, I know you like it as well. Where does this movie rank for you all-time horror movies? Maybe number one. I don't... It's definitely top three. Okay. It's just... It's just so good. It's The score is amazing. Mm-hmm. The uh, visionary elements are amazing. Acting, the acting amazing. is phenomenal. Even Danny Torrance, the little child actor, he's awesome in this movie. I can't believe he didn't do anything else because he's a very good child actor, which you don't really see very often. The only th- she's good in the movie, but I can't fucking stand her stupid <laughs> face. Is Shelley Duvall? I'm yeah. just waiting for her eyes to pop out of her head, which is probably why she got chose for the role because she already looks horrifying just in regular day life but when she's screaming it's even more horrifying so i can understand them picking that horrifying creature to be in this movie so <laughs> i mean i guess i guess i wouldn't take her out then i mean i mean i definitely wouldn't take her out but i wouldn't take her out of the running too and um i'd say it's probably within my top 10 for sure okay uh what are some of the other movies that would be in your top 10 um, The Ring is definitely the scariest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have movies. I Not movies, sorry. Nightmares <laughs> to this day um, about, you know, Samara from The Ring. I could totally replay that movie in my mind every day, every minute of every hour because I was so scared of it. Um, I, that movie scared the shit yeah. out of me <laughs> the that's first a, time a I saw it. terrifying movie. Pretty scary. I mean, that, the last scene of that movie where she comes out of the smart comes out of the TV is is all time shit, shit your pants terrifying. level scary. You know who they should have casted as Samara? Who? <laughs> Shelley Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That would have been hilarious. Actually. Oh my god, that movie would have been like the, the best horror movie of all time. Would have been so scary, and you wouldn't. The, the trailer could have just been Shelley Duvall's face. And then the ring, bang. And then you go, oh my god, I'm going to throw up. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That would have been hilarious and scary in the same sense, I guess. More scary than anything. That's not hilarious. (laughs) How is that funny? That's terrifying. But it's funny because she's from The Shining. Which has nothing to do with the ring. Right. But it would just be weird because you'd be like, why is she she coming out of the well? Because you don't see Samara's Samara's face. But Um, if you saw Shelly Duvall's face on Samara, that would be fucking Or like instead of the hand coming out of the person's head in the grudge, it's just Shelly Duvall's face. Face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, I I don't think I can shake that image anytime soon. So for me... I'm just hoping uh, you're not jerking off when you see that image. That's I love The Shining. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> yurks off once in a while. Give it a yurk and a yingle. <laughs> so there's some Pringles. <laughs> okay, moving on. And 
just talk about whatever the hell you're talking about. The Shining for me is uh, a lot of sports shows talk about their Mount Rushmore of uh, certain things, right? So top four of all time type gotta shit. Have, gotta have Tom Brady up gotta there. Gotta have Tom Brady up there. Gotta oh, wait, we're, top... not, we're not talking about so, sports. Uh, oh, oh, about, okay. oh, yeah, we're not a Boston sports podcast. We're, we're a Brady, Brady podcast. Big so. Poppy? No. Yeah, uh, Brady, Big Poppy, Larry Bird, uh, whoever else. <laughs> anyway. Some hockey player. The uh, the Mike Mount Rushmore of horror movies, The Shining is on it, and I feel like ever since I, I feel like this movie it's it's just so strange because if you ever if you've ever seen Room Two Thirty Seven, which is the documentary about this movie, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a while. Conspiracy but, theories, conspiracies, <laughs> worst podcast ever. I have to just interject real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but with the Mount Rushmore, you have the four faces. Whose face would you put up there? Would it be Jack Torrance? Or it would, would it be, be Jack's. It had Shelley to, Duvall's. Had to, had to be Jack's. It has to be yeah. Jack going through the door. 100%. Oh, it's clearly Jack going through the door. Yeah, but yeah, th- this movie for me is uh, all-time great. And the first time I ever saw it, I don't even really think I liked it that much, to be honest. Uh, I think I, I've How watched it so it? many times since. I was probably like 12. Well, no, you must have known that. Why? No, I don't know. I feel like I mean, so that would have been 1998. I definitely would have watched it around that time, and I feel like I I, I liked it. I feel Who like your you watch it was good at that age. My dad, I watched it with my dad. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, because my dad loves scary movies, and um, for me, I found it. Very scary at the time, but I don't find it as scary now in life. But I, I feel like I, I've grown to love this movie where I initially liked it the first time I saw it. Uh, and I think this movie lends itself to repeat viewings more and more because there's just so much shit in there that you don't notice the first time around. Oh, yeah, it's full of Easter eggs. Just his, like, you could. His facial expressions. In almost every scene are amazing. Like, you might be, eh, it's over the top a little bit, but it's, that's acting. He's perfection at it. That's his best performance in any movie. I mean, it, from from a pure, pure physical acting perspective, I don't know how anybody could be any better. You it's could be well, fucking Jim, Jim Carrey, maybe, but that's Ma- yeah, I maybe. Just, I see Jack Nicholson's eyebrows, and, like, they raise up in any sort of... <laughs> And any sort of movie that he's in, and I'm just like, oh my god, Jack Nicholson is like, he's in his like crazy mode, you know, like, he's just like, the minute he raises his eyebrows, because they're already like super intense, all of a sudden you see him raise his eyebrows, and you're like, oh my god, he just went from like one level to another, like. <laughs> oh, for sure, and then I mean like, you know, so, Jack Nicholson was Stephen King's main problem with this movie, because he's so much of a physical actor that he didn't really feel he could portray Jack Torrance is a character that descends into madness versus somebody that is already fucking crazy that just goes crazier. And I feel like when you look at, you know, Jack Nicholson, that makes sense. I can he did a totally bang up job understand that. that. Yeah, but, but from, I mean, even the, the opening scenes of the movie, you get the feeling that he's crazy. I mean, yeah, you, you, don't, you definitely. Have you never sense you, that he's you, like you, a you normal do. person? There's yeah. something off about him. Like nobody makes those facial expressions. Well, no. so if you've ever seen if, if you've ever right. seen the 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 uh, the uh, the Shining miniseries that came out, the one that Stephen King executive produced and uh, Mick Garris did it, Stephen Weber plays uh, Jack Torrance, which is a uh, completely different type of casting. 
but he's a much more reserved, you know, more soft-spoken kind of guy. Uh, couldn't be any different than Jack Nicholson. And I feel like, you know, that's that that's where King's core problem laid with, with, with that But here's movie. the question, though. Yes, does he, he's, he obviously, you can tell he's kind of insane from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But no one can make, like, once, once, once he is an absolute maniac in that movie, mm-hmm. there's not a better actor for that role. Oh yeah! Oh my god! So yeah. you, yeah, no. you, 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 kind of just get by with the fact that yeah, he already seems crazy at the beginning. That's fine. You don't have to worry about it. Um, you're, you're not replacing that acting. You can't no. replace that acting. There's no one that's going to do that better. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, so, you know, obviously this movie has become so iconic and it's been parodied, spoofed. Uh, you know, drawn inspiration from in a number of things. Great gifts. Uh, yeah, Simpsons absolutely. <laughs> oh my god, the, the, the shinning episode of the Treehouse of Horror is one of the best, one of the best segments of, of that, uh, you know, series of Simpsons episodes. Do you still find this movie to be scary? See, you guys always say, that that doesn't matter to me. It's not, I don't find anything scary, really. I'm an adult. Oh, like, you're a tough guy. No, no, no. So, so, okay, so if you want to base it off of this, is this a great horror movie because it's scary? I could care less about that. Like I think it's because we've already said it's a, it's a great horror movie. It's great. Yeah, it doesn't obviously. need to be the scariest thing. It's more of those slight elements of just internal madness and paranormal, a little bit of everything. You never really know what's quite going. You have an idea of what's going on, but it's not like this. Just all of a sudden, someone comes out and sticks an axe in your chest. Well, well so if that, you're, if that's, you're that's incorrect because I think at some point scene, someone. But, but like I was saying earlier, there's only uh, there's two deaths in the whole movie. So from a horror, late, uh, there's a lot more. Lot Very small amount of violence for, uh, yes, for as violent as you think yes. it is. A movie that can be that horrifying, yeah, because you see blood everywhere. Yeah, you see a lot of dead bodies and people mm-hmm. that were dead. Mm-hmm. So lots of lots of blood, lots of elevator lots of blood, blood, lots of uh, lots of decaying twin twin gross, daughter blood, naked lots women. of uh, uh, blood written on doors. Oh, that's actually that's lipstick. Lots of men getting their dick sucked <laughs> by bears. Uh, yeah, 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 which that happens that, in that, that would all the time, but that's that would fuck me up. So, can I ask you this? Let's just talk about this hypothetically for a second. So, how does one perform the blowjob on another man when you're wearing a bear mask? Is there a hole in the mask? Do you you guys have experience? Is there actually a blowjob being performed? Why are you asking about this? I mean, I just feel like it's a it's a plot hole. It's a plot hole that needs to be discussed. This is these are the types of issues that we're tackling here. Are I you mean, gonna, like go get a bear mask after this? Like, no, I'm just asking just been, the question. Could have just been rubbing his gentle furry face on the guy's dick. He could have. Some people are in fucking into that soft edge job of a something or other. Fur, it's gross. like a furry edge job. This is okay. gross. This is gross. Yeah, well, I agree. It's gross. Yeah, he brought but it's, it up. It's weird that it's in the fucking movie. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking about it. I'm just thinking, you know, hypothetically about how the scene, how the scene is, you know, portrayed. What's up with that? What's up with the bear? What's up with the bear mask? It's a messed up movie. They're it's just want to mess up with you more. I mean, come on, man. So, if you were watching this movie at three o'clock in the morning by yourself, no lights on your living room, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't get a chill down your spine or anything. You wouldn't be creeped out by this if you were watching. Uh, it. You're, no. you're that desensitized to it after watching it. This I've many seen times it so many times, have. like. There's movies that'll do that to me, like the uh, Shadow People movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, yeah, it's different elements. More of like, like, because to me, I'm not in a hotel mm-hmm. with a bunch of spirits and mm-hmm. the most horrifying thing of all, Shelley Duvall running around. Because <laughs> God knows, 
like there's it's not surprising that he wanted to bash her fucking head in because yeah. it's Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Everyone wants to bash her head yeah. in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and his son so. was a little so. crybaby bitch too. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he he might have. Just why I don't have children. Yeah. So obviously, I don't want to be convicted of murder. So Danny, it's implied, you know, obviously with the injury that he had, getting his arm pulled out of his socket, that he was abused by Jack. Oh, that's the best description of mm-hmm. abusing your child I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like you just yank, yank him with like, a get few two hundred pounds yeah. per yeah. square inch. Oh, like, like okay, he, he, his face was insane when he was doing that. Oh yeah, you could tell that he enjoyed thoroughly. Ripping his child's arm out of his yeah. socket. Yeah, when he's describing that to the bartender, it's it's you know he definitely a little bit a little bit too excited when talking. About and he'd it. only had like one sip of the fucking scotch or the bourbon or whatever he was drinking. So I I, I think this is already a foregone conclusion here, but uh, you know, so like we did with Krampus, a couple other horror movies that were released in 1980, which is when The Shining was released. Oh. Uh, I'll, I'll already tell you, it's a bad year for horror. Okay. <laughs> Uh, some of the other movies that uh, other movies that released, n- none of which can even sniff the fucking jock of The Shining, Cannibal Holocaust, the original Maniac. Do you see the Maniac with Elijah Wood? By the way, you see that? No, uh, maybe. no, I don't know. It's I fucked don't up. So. It's fucked up. So is the original one though. Uh, the Fog, the John Carpenter movie, underrated movie. Friday the Thirteenth, obviously a classic. Duh. Yeah. Uh, Inferno, which is a Dario Argento movie. And that's pretty much fucking it. And wow. The Shining, obviously, uh, far and away best horror movie. Of the you year. could put The Shining out in any year. And be any year, movie. it's it, it's it's got to be. I can tell you, it'd be a lot better than Midsommar, that garbage movie. Mm, more on that in a future episode, by the way, because that movie <laughs> fucking sucked. We won't even oh my talk about god! That right now. I know everyone Let's loves that focus, movie because they like to fucking. <sighs> focus, yeah, what a disappointment focus. that was. I, I liked I liked fucking Nicolas Cage and The Wicker Man too. Why don't you yeah. watch that movie? Because that's right. terrible, too. Uh, Kat, what's your favorite scene in this movie? Um, I think the most memorable scene in this movie is when Wendy goes and looks at the typewriter and sees what has actually been written in terms of... All work and no play it, uh, makes Jack a dull boy. Yes. Thank you very mm-hmm. much for saying that. For Thanks me. for stealing my favorite scene. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Um, yeah, so when you, when he, she sees that and all of a sudden she's like, oh my god, he's working, been working so hard for this, and he just keeps rewriting the same sentence over and over, and actually as a, uh, graphic designer, when I was watching the typewriter paper, um, as she went by page by page by page, he had these typos that were like, very organic, but in the same sense. I saw those like, in there it was, too. Yeah. It was it was pretty cool. The typography in there was pretty cool because it made it seem scarier in a way because it would be, you know, no work and like work would have no space or something like something yeah. wouldn't have a space or something would be spelled. Or wrong. just the general so, typing of it was you so know much it wasn't different. mass produced. It was, di- it was dialogue. It wasn't. It wasn't and then the exact it was poem same form, sense, and then it was long. Right. Form. So somebody that like, has been going mad for a long time and typing the she whole finally thing fucking delved yeah. into the depths that... of how fucked up that guy is. Also, shout out to when Wendy at the end, after uh, she gets out of the room that Jack is trying to chop the door down, she's running through the hotel and she sees all that spooky shit with the uh, you know the skeletons uh, all sitting in the lounge. 
Uh, she sees, you know, Bear Blowjob Guy, which we already talked about. Uh, she sees uh, a bunch of other shit, and it's just, it's so weird. It's just a, a different tone than the rest of the uh, the rest of the movie. But I also think that one of the scariest parts of this movie, if not the scariest part of the movie, is the sound, the soundtrack, oh, it's and the loud, jarring, uh, you know, music effects when they just, they just like zoom right in. You know, yeah, there's nothing better than that scene when he's chopping down the door. I don't know what it is about it visually from the side angle, but it you feel like the whole camera and everything's just pulsing. It's like boom, yeah, but, like you can feel the sound and the you can <clears throat> feel the door caving mean, yeah. in. It's a very weird way that they did it, and it's probably a very simple trick, what? but it was amazing. I feel like it, this was it's a very organic feeling movie because the whole thing is shot with a steady cam. So all the camera shots behind Danny when he's on the trike and behind Jack when he's walking through the hallways, behind Wendy when she's walking through the hallways, all of them are with the steady cam. So it just feels like you're slowly walking behind. It's like an um, all of these people. Omniscient. Uh, omniscient. Omniscient force mm-hmm. being watching. Them. Yeah, like it's like you're a fly. On it the almost wall. feels like you're a ghost. You're, yeah, you're one a of the ghosts, ghosts watching the them. Like yeah. one of the ghosts of the hotels watching these. It people just sets walk this around. eerie tone. For it does. It, it just create. It makes it so much creepier than it actually is, and it's creepy as fuck to begin with. Um, so the music for me, the opening credits that made music unbelievably scary, uh, with like the the shrieking like. Hey? Well, I mean, the soundtrack makes the movie, too. Like, I mean, all those crazy important. sound effects and all the mm-hmm. crazy music, like, all of its atonal, like, crazy sound effect music, and it's it's totally appropriate for a horror about that movie. Too, with atonal stuff, yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. That was my thesis. So, yeah. sexual joke? So, no, 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 no. no, no. That was my thesis. No, no, my thesis is. She did some work on atonal, atonal yeah. music, which is just creepy, you know, scary, you know, loud, shocking type music, like uh, in The Shining. That's, and you don't get into that. So, who is the MVP of this movie? Ooh, MVP? Well, I mean, Cat. it's almost like you got to do it. You can't be Jack. I feel like it has to be Jack. No, I know, but you have to be like. It's obviously Jack. It's just going to be someone else other than Jack. I think it's going to be Wendy. I mean, not really. The MVP, it's Jack. What's the What's the most memorable part of this movie? That's what I mean by MVP. Jack's face When in, you think of The Shining, what do you think of? Jack's face in the, the bathroom door. door. So it's Jack. It's Jack. Or when he's frozen in the hedge maze. Or, exactly. It. Either well, one. So it's Jack. It's, it's, it's Jack. always Jack. Jack's, but I'm like yes. trying to make it more interesting because clearly it's fucking Jack. It's like, like when you think of the shining, Jack, you don't well, think of anyone like, else but there's Jack. There's really Nicholson. also like four people in the movie, so five. Yes, there there really is a, a shockingly low number of actors and actresses in this movie. It's like seven or eight. Look at Halloran. You know, I mean, aside from like the you manager, know, the, no, the but even, even, if, even if you count in like the the manager, yeah, or the or whoever he is, who's who so Jack, Jack. Shelley Duvall, Danny Lloyd, Scatman Crothers, Barry Scott Nelson, who runs the hotel. Uh, his assistant, that's six. There's all the extras from the party, though. Lloyd. Lloyd, seven. And, uh, Delbert uh, Grady. Grady, eight. And then a bunch of other extras, essentially. Yeah, the doctor it. that sees Danny in his room, nine. Tony. So maybe, Tony. maybe actually, maybe, maybe more Tony's than you were. Tony. 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 <laughs> Tony. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, maybe so, maybe, maybe more than you'd think, but, uh, it's, it's, you know, for a movie with this budget and this famous, it's actually a very small amount of actors. Uh, so for me, I think it's going to be Kubrick because the way this movie is talked about to this day, 
with all the conspiracy conspiracy theories and all the bullshit. Has to be. Everyone He's, talks about his genius. Uh, for me, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, it's not a bad. Comment. Everybody talks about all the conspiracy theories related to this movie, and, and you know, it's kind of a perfect segue. It's almost like Belichick and Brady, like. Yeah, would, I feel like would, he, he's the Bill Belichick and of, Brady is you know, Jack movie like, directing. Would this movie be if you removed one and replaced him with someone else? Would it be as good? Right. Maybe. Uh, Maybe no, no, it would. They, it would not they, be. It would mean, not be. No, exactly. So it's Belichick and Brady esque. So I'll throw a couple of conspiracy theories. Um, obviously, so we, we were going to watch this movie and then you know incorporate this too, but we wanted to keep it a little bit shorter. But if you haven't seen Room Two Thirty Seven. It's my personal favorite documentary of all time. All about The Shining. All about the conspiracy theories that uh, some of the whack jobs out there have about this movie. Some of them make some sense. Some of them make some sense. Uh, Some of them are fucking bananas. Uh, But either way, it's fascinating. And I recommend you watch it if you're a fan of Kubrick, if you're a fan of The Shining. If you like documentaries. If you like documentaries, it's it's phenomenal. You don't even have to be a horror movie fan. It's just interesting to watch. It's phenomenal. Um... I'm going to throw a couple conspiracy theories about this movie out there at you. You guys tell me real quick if you buy them or not. Okay? First one. Biggest one. This movie is about the genocide of the Native Americans. What do you think? Seems a bit far-fetched. I'm going to go with a big no. Okay. So... Obviously, you've seen all the Native American imagery in this movie, right? There's a lot of Easter eggs yeah. with could like just little be hinting, but I don't think it's, Native yeah. Americans. It starts off when Jack goes to the hotel. He's talking to Barry Nelson's character, uh, Ullman, the, 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 the hotel operator. Uh, finds out that the hotel was uh, on Indian burial, Indian burial ground. It was built on an Indian talk. Indian built talking is Wow, it is really hard to say. I didn't realize that. Mm. Yeah. It's like it's like saying brewery. <laughs> mm. Brewery. You sound drunk every time you say it. Or February. Indian burial ground. Or a whiskery, as somebody I know once said. Ooh, yes. That's right. Shout out to you, random person that you uh, probably know. But I mean, if that's what the movie's really supposed to be about, then why don't you fucking make it's, it about that? Yeah, exactly. You did very so vague things. If you if you watch Room 237, like there's like I said, there's some shit that you, that you listen to. It's like, okay, I don't really agree with this. But some of it you're like, okay, this makes fucking sense. So one of the things, so The Shining, uh, one of the guys that's in the documentary, he saw the movie in London uh, a couple weeks after it was released in America. And it was released in America. It was uh, bad reviews, didn't make a lot of money. And the poster for the movie in London said that the uh, wave of terror that swept America reaches London. And this guy's theory is that, uh, you know, there was no wave of terror because it didn't do well in America. So he thinks the wave of terror that swept America is referring to Americans uh, or, you know, uh, colonists moving to America and sweeping across America and murdering Native Americans. That is so fucking out there. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like, really perfect. First off, it was Europeans mm-hmm. that... Yeah, I meant, I meant Europeans, so, sorry. I meant, no, I mean, yeah. they came to America. Yeah, yeah, of like, course. So yeah, it's, it's not just, Americans coming to America. Yeah, it, it's it doesn't, made, it doesn't Europeans. make any sense. No, it's, I agree. I'm, I'm it's in the a same fucking like movie that. poster. You're trying to sell the movie, so if people in Britain don't... Well, it's uh, not like you have social media in that day where you're like, this movie sucked. Those people don't know that it sucked. They're like, yeah, this movie, people were horrified with this movie. I think, I think the point of that documentary and it, uh, is that the director is kind of trolling some of these people, that their, their, their theories are so ridiculous that it, it, it's just so fucking stupid. 
That's the only one in the whole movie that I can actually, I think, holds a little bit of weight. Uh, there's a couple other things that are in there. Just there's, there's so much Native American imagery in the you know in the hotel. Yeah, uh, and but starting, that starting off sense? with the comment about yeah, the Native that just American makes burial sense ground. To, it's like and, it's like fucking. What's that horror movie? Oh, the that TV one with the the TV. Mm. Uh, video drill? No. <laughs> Not the uh, ring. It's such ring? a famous. No. What? Oh, Poltergeist. Like, yes. Indian burial ground. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That's just a horror movie. Well, which buried... came out? Which came so out after? It, it came out after. Have... It came out after The Shining, though. No, no, but that doesn't have anything to do with the genocide of Indians. It's just a spooky story. It is right. It's a Stephen King book. So, so but there's there's what... other things too. There's other things. So like they say, like so the first time that you see uh, Danny talking to Dick Halloran, they're in like the walk-in freezer. And when they're looking at each other, they both have Calumet baking powder cans in the shot by both of them, which Calumet in Native American Indian means peace pipe. Interesting. So it's like a, it's a it's a it's a an hmm. honest peace pipe treaty between the two of them. They actually become friends. They communicate telepathically with so shine. It's very good metaphors, right? It's, so like, yeah, I, I feel like that's not the point of the movie. They theorize in room two thirty room two thirty seven that. None of this is by accident. Like Kubrick was too smart to miss this shit. Like Just, it's actually this is, like see, this like, is where it comes down to Belichick and Brady again. Because yeah, Bra- Belichick he loses games on purpose. Kubrick puts things in certain shots on purpose. All right, I'm basically just trying to say that fucking Belichick's the best. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? So, in addition to that, there's a couple other a uh, couple other ones that I'll touch on really, really quick. And I know we've spent a lot of time on this already, but uh, one of them, in addition to. Uh, you know, this movie being about the genocide of Native Americans is that it's about the conspiracy that Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing. Are you familiar with it? Also, shout out to when Wendy at the end, after uh, she gets out of the room that Jack is trying to chop the door down, she's running through the hotel and she sees all that spooky shit with the, uh, you know, the skeletons uh, all sitting in the lounge. Uh, she sees, you know, bare blowjob guy, which we already talked about. Uh, she sees uh, a bunch of other shit, and it's just, it's so weird. It's just a, a different tone than the rest of the uh, the rest of the movie. But I also think that one of the scariest parts of this movie, if not the scariest part of the movie, is the sound, the soundtrack. Oh, it's phenomenal. and the loud, jarring, uh, you know, music effects when they just they just like zoom right in. You know, yeah, there's nothing better than that scene when he's chopping down the door. I don't know what it is about it visually from the side angle, but it you feel like the whole camera and everything's just pulsing. It's like boom, yeah. But like you can feel the sound and the you can <clears throat> feel the door caving mean, yeah. in. It's a very weird way that they did it, and it's probably a very simple trick, what? but it was amazing. I feel like it, this was it's a very organic feeling movie because the whole thing is shot with a steady cam. So all the camera shots behind Danny when he's on the trike and behind Jack when he's walking through the hallways, behind Wendy when she's walking through the hallways, all of them are with the steady cam. So it just feels like you're slowly walking behind. It's like an um, all of these people. Omniscient. Uh, omniscient. Omniscient mm-hmm. force being watching. Them. Yeah, like it's like you're a fly. On it almost the wall. feels like you're a ghost. You're, yeah, you're one a of ghost the ghosts is watching the them. Like, yeah. like one of the ghosts of the hotel is watching these. It people just sets walk this around. eerie tone. For it does. It, it just create. It makes it so much creepier than it actually is, and it's creepy as fuck to begin with. Um, so the music for me, the opening credits, that main music, unbelievably scary, uh, with like the the shrieking, like. Eh? 
Well, I mean, the soundtrack makes the movie, too. Like, I mean, all those crazy sound effects and all the Mm -hmm. crazy music, like... All of its atonal, like crazy sound effect music, and it's it's totally appropriate for a horror about that movie too, with atonal stuff. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. That was my thesis. Yeah. So no, 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 no. That was my thesis. No, my thesis. She used to work on atonal, atonal yeah. music, which is just creepy, uh, you know, scary, you know, loud, shocking type music, like uh, in The Shining. And you don't get into that. So, who is the MVP of this movie? Ooh, MVP. Well. I mean, Cat. it's obviously you got to do it. Andrew? It can't be Jack. Like, I feel it has like it is someone, Jack, uh, No, I know, but you have to be like, it's obviously Jack. It's just going to be someone else other than Jack. It's going to be Wendy. I mean, not really. The MVP, it's Jack. Yeah. What's, the, what's the most memorable part of this movie? That's what I mean by MVP. Jack's face When in, you think of The Shining, what do you think of? Jack's face in the, the bathroom door. door. So it's Jack. It's Jack. Or when he's frozen in the hedge maze. Or, exactly. Door. Either so one. It's, 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 it's Jack. It's always Jack. Jack's, but I'm like yes. trying to make it more interesting because clearly it's fucking Jack. It's like... Like when you think of The Shining, Jack, you don't well, think of anyone like, else but there's Jack There's really Nicholson. also like four people in the movie. So, fine. Yes. There, there really is a, a shockingly low number of actors and actresses in this movie. It's like... Seven or eight. You got Halloran. You know, I mean, aside from like the you manager. Know, the, no, the but even, even, if, even if you count in like the the manager, yeah, or the or whoever he is, who's who so hires Jack, Jack. Shelley Duvall, Danny Lloyd, Scatman Crothers, Barry Scott Nelson, Halloran. who's runs the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, his assistant. That's six. Who's all the extras from the party though? Lloyd. Lloyd seven. And, uh, Delbert uh, Grady. Grady eight, and then a bunch of other extras. Essentially, yeah, the doctor it. that sees Danny in his room nine. Tony. So maybe, Tony. maybe actually, maybe, maybe more Tony's than you were Tony. This is Tyrage. Yeah. You, uh, maybe so. Maybe maybe more than you think. But uh, it's it's you know for a movie with this budget and this famous, it's actually a very small amount of actors. Uh, so for me, I think it's going to be Kubrick because the way this movie is talked about to this day, with all the conspiracy conspiracy theories and all the bullshit, has to be. Everyone He's talks about his genius. Uh, for me, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's not a bad guy. Everybody talks about all the conspiracy theories related to this movie, and, and, you know, it's kind of a perfect segue. It's almost like Belichick and Brady. Like, Yeah, he, would, I feel like would, he, he's the Bill Belichick and of And Brady is you know, Jack. Movie like, directing. Would this movie be, if you removed one and replaced it with someone else, would it be as good? Right. Maybe. Um, Maybe no. No, it would, they, it would not they, be. It would mean, not be. No, exactly. So it's Belichick and Brady-esque. So I'll throw a couple of conspiracy theories. Um, obviously, so we, we were going to watch this movie and then, you know, incorporate this too, but we wanted to keep it a little bit shorter. But if you haven't seen Room 237, it's my personal favorite documentary of all time. All about The Shining, all about the conspiracy theories that uh, some of the whack jobs out there have about this movie. Well, some of them make some sense. Some of them make some sense. Uh, some of them are fucking bananas. Uh, but either way, it's fascinating, and I recommend you watch it if you're a fan of Kubrick, if you're a fan of The Shining. It's, if you like documentaries and If you like documentaries, stuff, it's, it's phenomenal. You don't even have to be a horror movie fan. It's just interesting to watch. It's phenomenal. Um, I'm going to throw a couple conspiracy theories about this movie out there at you. You guys tell me real quick if you buy them or not. Okay? First one. Biggest one. This movie is about the genocide of the Native Americans. What do you think? Seems a bit far-fetched. I'm going to go with a big no. Okay. So, 
Obviously, you've seen all the Native American imagery in this movie, right? There's a lot of Easter eggs yeah. with, like, little hinting, but I don't think it's, Native yeah. Americans. Starts off when Jack goes to the hotel. He's talking to Barry Nelson's character, uh, Ullman, the, 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 the hotel operator. Uh, finds out that the hotel was uh, on Indian burial, Indian burial ground. It was built on an Indian, Indian built burial ground. Talking wow, it is really burial. hard to say. I didn't even realize that. Mm. Yeah. It's like it's like saying brewery. <laughs> <laughs> Brewery. You sound drunk every time you say it. Or February. Indian burial ground. Or a whiskery, as somebody I know once said. Ooh, yes. That's right. Shout out to you, random person that you uh, probably know. But I mean, if that's what the movie's really supposed to be about, then why don't you fucking make it's, it about that? Yeah, exactly. You did very so vague things. If you if you watch Room 237, like there's like I said, there's some shit that you, that you listen to. It's like, okay, I don't really agree with this. But some of it you're like, okay, this makes fucking sense. So one of the things, so The Shining, uh, one of the guys that's in the documentary, he saw the movie in London uh, a couple weeks after it was released in America. And it was released in America. It was uh, bad reviews, didn't make a lot of money. And the poster for the movie in London said that the uh, wave of terror that swept America reaches London. And this guy's theory is that, uh, you know, there was no wave of terror because it didn't do well in America. So he thinks the wave of terror that swept America is referring to Americans uh, or, you know, uh, colonists moving to America and sweeping across America and murdering Native Americans. That is so fucking out there. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like, really far-fetched. First off, it was Europeans mm-hmm. that... Yeah, I meant, I meant Europeans, so, sorry. I meant, well, I mean, yeah. they came to America. Yeah, yeah, of like, course. So yeah, it's not Americans coming to America. Yeah, it, it's it doesn't, made, it doesn't make any sense. No, it's, I agree. I'm, I'm it's in the a same fucking like movie that. poster. You're trying to sell the movie, so if people in Britain don't... Well, it's uh, not like you have social media in that day where you're like, this movie sucked. Those people don't know that it sucked. They're like, yeah, this movie, people were horrified with this movie. You I think, I think the point of that documentary and it, uh, is that the director is kind of trolling some of these people, that their the, their theories are so ridiculous that it, it, it's just so fucking stupid. That's the only one in the whole movie that I can actually, I think, holds a little bit of weight. Uh, there's a couple other things that are in there. Just there's, there's so much Native American imagery in the you know in the hotel. Yeah, uh, and but starting, starting off sense? with the comment about yeah, the Native American burial ground, it's like and, it's like fucking what's the horror movie? Oh, the that TV one with the the TV. Mm, uh, video drill? No. <laughs> Not the uh, ring. It's such a famous... No. What? Oh, Poltergeist? Like, yes. Indian Burial Ground. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's just a horror movie. Well, buried... Which came out, which came so out after... It, it, came out after have... it came out after The Shining, though. No, no, but that doesn't have anything to do with the genocide of Indians. It's just a spooky story. It is. Right. It's a Stephen King book. So, so but there's, there's what... other things, too. There's other things. So, like, they say... Like, so, the first time that you see uh, Danny talking to Dick Halloran, they're in, like, the walk-in freezer... And when they're looking at each other, they both have Calumet baking powder cans in the shot by both of them, which Calumet in Native American Indian means peace pipe. Interesting. So it's like a, it's a it's a it's a an hmm. honest peace pipe treaty between the two of them. They actually become friends. They communicate telepathically with so the shine. It's very good metaphors, right? It's, so like, yeah, I, I feel like that's not the point of the movie. They theorize in room two room two thirty seven that. None of this is by accident. Like Kubrick was too smart to miss this shit. Like Just, it's actually this is, like see, this like, is where it comes down to Belichick and Brady again. Because yeah, 
Belichick, he loses games on purpose. Kubrick puts things in certain shots on purpose. All right. I'm basically just trying to say that fucking Belichick's the best. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? So, in addition to that, there's a couple other a couple other ones that I'll touch on really, really quick. And I know we've spent a lot of time on this already. But uh, one of them, in addition to, uh, you know, this movie being about the genocide of Native Americans, is that it's about the conspiracy that Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing. Are you familiar with this at all? Yeah, um, I have, well, I have seen Room 237, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, So I'm aware of those conspiracy theories where, you know, little Danny Torrance is wearing the sweatshirt with the rocket on it and the moon, basically, and that, you know, people say that Stanley Kubrick was one of the best directors ever, so he filmed the moon landing, which... Seems like a bit of a stretch, which it is. I mean, I could see them... The fact that they had cameras on the moons and they were live-streaming it to Earth seems a little bit far-fetched. We definitely landed on the moon, so maybe it was like a reenactment. And they just, just might not have like been a, then. The actual landing on the moon. Mm-hmm. Which, we, we just to be clear, we did land on the moon, and the Earth is round. It's not flat. Mm-hmm. So I'm not buying into any of these conspiracy theories. But it could have been a reenactment instead of an actual live yeah, footage of Lincoln. I think that that's more realistic uh, than the fact that, obviously, we've been to the moon. It's entirely possible, and I love a good conspiracy theory, that Kubrick was hired to say, hey, we're going to get to the moon eventually, uh, eventually. Film something that looks grainy, looks like it's 1960s you know, or whatever the fuck it was, TV. Uh, and video recording equipment, and we're on the moon. You could totally see that happening. Uh, so the, uh, the the big points for this conspiracy theory is that... So, in the Stephen King book, the scary hotel room is room 217. Okay? Okay. Uh, it was changed to 237 in the movie. Okay. And one of the theories that this was changed uh, was because... That the uh, moon is approximately 237,000 miles away from the Earth. Is that correct? It's That's correct. Did you ask to Google? That's correct. No, it, it's been well documented that that's correct. Oh, all right, good. That's Without good. even having to ask okay. to Google, it's it's correct. Fair enough. Danny's also, like you said, wearing the Apollo 11 sweatshirt uh, when he's playing with his, uh, his trucks, the carpet. Dude... That wouldn't be serious. Like, I mean, there's no way that that would be, like, an actual thing if they were toying with it in a horror movie. Like, at that, no. No way, no well, way. Well, the, the, the theory is that Stanley Kubrick is so much of a genius that he's basically trying to hint at this in such a subtle way that the government wouldn't have even known about it at the time, that he was, you know, trolling them. And one of the parts where this is supposedly evident, according to Room the uh, Room Two Room, room Two Thirty Seven documentary, <laughs> is the scene that we watched earlier, where mm-hmm. essentially uh, when Jack gets interrupted by Wendy when he's actually typing, and uh, she sees the all uh, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, and he's talking about his obligations to his employer. So when you watch that scene, when he is meeting with the caretaker of the hotel, the the operator of the hotel, you know, it's a pretty basic job description, okay? He doesn't really talk about, he says it's not a physically demanding job, it's just more about the isolation and the cabin fever aspects of it, but he's ranting to Wendy about 
his obligations to his employer. Do you know what a contract means? It's a weird thing to say for Jack, okay? And this guy from room 237 posits that he's talking about... Stanley Kubrick is speaking to the audience about his contract with the government to fake the moon landing. That's what he's talking about. Do you understand my... uh, my uh, obligations to my employer, yeah. Interesting. like this type of thing. So it's it's just weird. It makes you think, yeah. right? Like I don't know. I don't know that. I it's think it just makes for landing. good dialogue. Yeah. It certainly does. And so just and for what it's worth, to pre- present both sides of the argument, the real reason supposedly the room was changed from. Uh, so in in the book it's two seventeen. In the movie, it's 237. The reason for that, according to the official statement from Warner Brothers and Kubrick in the movie, is that so the Sidewinder Hotel, which is in Oregon, doesn't we have room 237. It does, uh, but they oh no, actually, sorry, it doesn't. So they uh, they have a room 217. So they didn't want that. They did not want that. Makes sense. The influx of people coming in to request room 217. So they asked them to put a movie. Uh, movie, a, a room number. number, a room yeah. number that they didn't have in there, so that it would kind of help that, them be so less busy. That I don't makes, know why you would draw attention away from your that room. That makes hotel. more sense to me, though. Yeah. So I mean, not yeah. in a business point of view. No, because people. Oh God, the fact the no hotels way. there, it doesn't matter. People are still going to come there. They're not going to get there and be like, "Oh, you don't have room two Oh my God! Yeah, two seventeen. I mean, oh, I'm going to leave. No, they're just going to go there anyway. That doesn't some, matter. Someone, someone. Yeah, weirdos. Well, it's just, it's just wild but to me. in the same sense as business. That's business the, you would have otherwise. It's wild to me that they wouldn't want the business from the extra people that are coming say, like, oh, this is the fucking hotel room from The Shining. Uh, I absolutely yeah. want to stay there because I'd be one of those people that would want to stay of there. Of course. And if you're not in that room, you're like, oh, well, I guess maybe I'll stay. But in the same sense, you're like, oh, well, I didn't really come but here But more that. stuff happens than just in that room. Well, yeah. So, yes. do you want to bang the old gross lady that's decaying in the bathtub? There's other things happening. The bear guy blowing that other dude. That's a different room. Well, I know the ballroom. The I know. We, I know. We talked rooms. about this already, yes. but so um, so when King wrote the book, he was inspired by staying at the Stanley Hotel, which is in Colorado, uh, which is one of the biggest hotels you can stay at if you're a horror fan because it's the it's it's you know essentially the over the Overlook Hotel from this story um the outside shots of the hotel for this movie were filmed at a place called the uh oh god what's the fucking name of it it's in uh it's in oregon way north towards the mountains but was the outside shots were filmed there and all the interior shots of the hotel were not filmed there they were filmed at a soundstage in london cooper actually built all of that interior that you see in the movie all that is a set, so like a lot of the a lot of the continuity errors in terms of where Danny's riding around, like that's also in room two thirty seven. That's because it's it's a fucking set. It's not you know it's not an actual hotel. Like Danny's not actually riding you know from one floor to another. He's not riding upstairs on his trikey. But uh, all right, so since we cover haunted attractions on this podcast as well, uh, how do you guys feel at this movie? this story would be uh, relatable to a haunted attraction. Well, just take the hedge maze. That would be a perfect haunted attraction. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. 
Well, I think that the, the, the biggest the biggest hurdle for a while was that this is kind of I mean, there's not a lot of physical horror in this movie except until the last couple of minutes when Wendy's running through the hotel, right? So how do you really adapt that kind of psychological horror feel into uh, a maze? And for the second episode in a row, <laughs> trick question, this was actually already adapted into a haunted attraction at Halloween Horror Nights uh, in Orlando and in Hollywood. And if you ever watch the walkthrough videos of the houses, they're unbelievable. Uh, so these, these were featured at... Uh, the 2017 Halloween Horror Nights events, which were in Orlando and Hollywood, they were featured alongside other uh, other properties like Ash vs. Evil Dead, which is a TV show that's on Stars. Very good if you haven't seen it. American Horror Story, Seasons 2 and 4, and Insidious. So they were in good company over there. Uh, pretty, pretty cool stuff. I'll include the link to a walkthrough of the house uh, in the episode description if you guys want to check it out. Uh, but that's pretty much all we have. That's pretty much all we have on The Shining. Catherine? Can I talk about how um, if you did want to visit a real place that looks just like that hotel, that there's there's sister hotel that's in Mount Washington that we went to? Because, Thank you for remembering, yes. Um, I feel like beyond Halloween What's the name Hornets, of that hotel? It's the Omni Mount Washington Resort. So... And it was amazing when we stayed there. It looked literally identical to when you walked through like <clears throat> you see the the piece when Jack Torrance and his family is walking through the hotel for the first time and all the staff is still there and they're walking through and there's these huge ceilings and these chandeliers and everything it looks identical to the Omni Mount Washington it does yeah it's crazy it's pretty insane like how similar it looks cuz i just remember being like oh my god this is like straight out of the shine. <laughs> Have you ever been there before? No. Mount Washington? Oh, it's... I mean, I've been up... I've climbed Mount Washington. So oh. the the, In a om- vehicle. the Omni nice. Mount Washington... Do you have a bumper there. sticker from that? No, I wasn't cool enough to get Oh, bummer. The Omni Mount Washington, uh, that hotel is super fucking old, and it's the sister hotel to the Stanley Hotel in Colorado, which is where Stephen King stayed when he was inspired to write The Shining. And if you look at any of the photos of the interior of the Stanley... And then, like, we can go to the, you know, the, the, the Mount Washington Omni. It's just unbelievable how similar they look. And even to the movie, which was not based on that actual It hotel. wasn't even in that hotel. Yeah, it, it wasn't was even filmed, in it. It's just, but it was it, it still looks... very, 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 very similar. Someone did yeah. some scouting. My God, high ceilings, just, like, long, empty, scary hallways. The hallways, and, the, the piping, yeah, we, the, we, oh, my God, everything. We, was... we stayed there because we actually got uh, a couple of free nights from our wedding package, and we went there, and, oh, my God, we were walking around at night, and just, like, going into the lobby, the high ceilings, the uh, animal heads mounted on the uh, on like the walls and stuff. The huge fireplace. It's just unbelievable how much it looks like it. But didn't they even say that like the lower levels were ma- made to be built like a cruise ship almost? Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. They did. Like so, it looked like when you were in when you were in like a lower level and there was no windows in the hallway or anything. And it was just all rooms. Like you felt like you were in a boat. You didn't feel like you were mm-hmm. in. A hotel or anything it was kind of weird well the uh the main bar the main bar right? in the hotel was uh it used to be a speakeasy back during prohibition so you'd go down there for drinks 
and you're essentially in a cave that they carved out of the ground. Uh, and there's a, a part that's sectioned off by like a you know like a like a fence or whatever, uh, where you can actually see where people would go and stand and like look for police, like looking out for you know them coming to like ruin their parade or people that were drinking during. Yeah, the and they had other so. little windows like inside of the. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was unbelievable. So, anyone have anything else in The Shining? I think we covered it pretty well enough. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone cares anymore. I mean, yeah. We've talked enough. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we, we, you know, if you haven't seen The Shining and you're listening to this, I, I, Check honestly, it out. I don't know what you're doing, but go watch it. Uh, yeah. It's an yeah, all-time Stop yerking it. It's an, it's, yeah, stop yerking and, and go watch. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We are America's Hometown Horror Podcast. We're based in Plymouth. We are a local podcast we love supporting local businesses uh you can find us and support us on a number of different venues well, isn't every podcast local to its locale that's, that's true correct. so that's correct some so you po- are bit redundant okay we're local to local locals locales okay squirrely dan sorry is that just i just thought it was just a thought by the way, uh, as of this recording, uh, new new uh, Letterkenny available. If you guys are Letterkenny fans, uh, you should be. If you're not, to be but, fair, uh, yeah. So you can you, you can find us. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can email us uh, on Twitter. It's at hometown horror pod. Uh, at Instagram, it's at hometown horror pod. And on uh, Gmail, it's at hometown horror podcast. Send us some feedback. We hope to be on Spotify and iTunes soon. And if you uh, do find us on there, thanks again. Please give us a review, a rate, and a subscribe. And or just listen look, for five minutes. Yeah, We're not just listen for, for five minutes. Like, yeah, I mean, for was, the love of God, just we, do something. We know we, we know we ramble. So, uh, you know, if you are out here, you are listening, thanks so much. And we look forward to talking to you on our next episode. See you in hell. be... Peace. It follows or not to be uh confused with it swallows oh gross on browsers Mm -hmm. uh unnecessary (laughs) all right